Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a podcast where we talk about various technology-related topics. Um, each week, we usually pick a topic and do a deep dive on, on that topic. Um, we have had, uh, in our previous episodes, we have had a number of guests. Uh, today is another special episode because we have Sabrina Ali here with us today. Uh, she is a uh, notable person in Unified Communications. Um, unified Communications is... Um, well, I'm not going to try and define that. I'll, I'll let Sabrina do it. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're very pleased, Sabrina, that you can join with us today and uh, talk about unified communications. It is a very, um, very vast topic, as far as I know. Uh, so it would be really good for us to know more about it. And also the audience would benefit greatly from knowing uh, what it all, what it all, you know, what it is and uh, what it's all about. So yeah, thank, thank you, Sabrina, for joining us. Uh, if you, you know, sort of maybe start us off with what is unified communication and, um, you know, how did, how did you get into this industry? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Renat, um, and thanks, Amit, for having me on today. Um, really excited to talk about unified communications, UC, as we call it. Um, so, in the simplest form, I'll say unified communications is all about the integration between different tools that we use on a daily basis. So, for example, our email, instant messaging, I am present, um, audio, PSTN and voice over IP dialing, and now more, uh, more recently, video conferencing um, and the integration between all of this. So, uh, it's, yes, you're right. It's a very vast area. Um, a lot of companies do it from you know end to end. So yeah, uh, that's that's UC uh, in its simplest form. But what I will say is, when I first uh, joined the industry several years ago, it was a very different scenario. I mean, sorry, it was a very different scene rather. Um, so I remember starting in telephony. So it was PSTN at the time, um, and then we introduced voice over IP. So uh, all of those you know, sort of um, platform first emerging. So, and then I was introduced to video conferencing. Now, in my career, that was my next job after telephony. So it was a, it was a very gradual, um, but obvious, you know, progression. Um, but when I was first introduced to video conferencing, I remember the first day uh, at my new job, you know, I had a video conferencing desktop system, um, it's a Cisco telepresence system, which in those days were called Tanberg. And it was, you know, it was, it was a large screen and I could see myself and it, it, you know, it intimidated me at the beginning because I just, you know, I, I, I was looking at it as a mirror. I didn't want to speak to people. Um, I was very nervous, very shy at the time. Now, today, where I am, it's just, you know, it's built inside me. I, I can't live without video conferencing. So, you know, there are different kinds of users. You'll have those who will join uh, a video meeting, but they won't enable their video. You'll have uh, another kind of, uh, another set of people that will enable their video only if other people are enabling them. Uh, and then you'll have the last kind that won't enable video at all. They just want to be on audio uh, for whatever reasons that may be for privacy or, you know, maybe they're shy, that doesn't matter, but there's always these three categories. You know, there may be many reasons why the third kind of person will turn their video off. It could be privacy, but it could also be 
they're just not comfortable in front of the camera. You know, a lot of people, you know, it takes adjusting to, to be on video and, you know, face-to-face -face meetings are a very different situation. But when you turn on a video, not many customers or users are comfortable with video conferencing. They just don't want to uh, be there because they're so used to telephony and being on an audio conference that there's no need for video or that's what they believe. But, you know, we can talk more about why that's important. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really proud of the progression that it's made over my career as well when I started um, in PSTN and, and now we've moved on to not only video conferencing, but the integration with APIs and SDKs, you know, people forming their own applications on their phones. Um, and, and, you know, we'll speak more about how that works. but. It's, it's amazing because now we're introducing AI into um, all of these solutions as well. And, and that's amazing because that's where we need to be. That's how uh, mature our platforms need to be. Integrating with different tools, not just the one tool. It's not just about audio conferencing or a specific area, but it's about integrating with different chat tools, different um, you know, platforms, room systems, etc. And um, as you, you asked me, Renat, yes, thank you. I, when I joined, it was only about H323 and SIP-based endpoints. So we used to look at all of the conference rooms that were enabled with video. Um, and at the time, only C-level people were using it. You know, now we've got the applications on our desktop laptops uh, and we're using it on our phones, uh, tablet devices, everything. And, and we're using it on a daily basis. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we are today. Oh, that is amazing. I mean, video conferencing have evolved quite a lot from what it used to be. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, um, I haven't been involved in, in video conferencing from that early stage. I mean, you've been in the industry for, for over a decade now. So you've seen the whole journey and uh, what it used to be and all the etiquette and how it all changed. This is actually very interesting to know because um, yeah, before it was all only the only the very senior executives who would be using. There was dedicated video conferencing room, but obviously, you know, now this is also very eye-opening that uh, you see it's not just video conferencing. I mean, obviously, it is a big part of it, but it also has other communication methods, you know, PSTN and the other ones you mentioned. That is that is very interesting. So um, I, I, I have a I have a lot of questions, Sabrina. I mean you've mentioned so many terms, SIP, VOI, PSTN. I think it's it's useful mm -hmm. for our audience also because a lot of them may not know what the terminology stand for. So I know that PSTN is basically voice calling. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. PSTN is voice calling, but on you know the, the standard uh, sort of protocols, the um, audio protocols that we use via telephone, you know, our desktop telephones completely different from the voice over IP. So the PSTN calls will incur a charge from your local uh, countries where you're dialing from. Okay. okay, so that's that's PSTN, that's voice call, and then we have voice over IP. I personally have used voice over IP and I find it very fascinating because uh, earlier we used to use Skype and uh, Skype, you could add some credits and then you could call say UK or if you're in UK, you can call India. Uh, so it was quite cheap So and it was quite a, a new model of calling India where you don't need a calling card or you don't need to pay those exorbitant fees for uh, calling abroad. And that just changed the game. Uh, but uh, can you bit uh, can you talk a bit more about that technology? Like, how is that possible? Like, you are actually calling a landline 
over the internet i mean it it sounds very uh, interesting and very difficult but how's how's that achieved so okay so with the voice over ip um you have to have an mpls network you have to have a network provider that will you know um incur those sort of charges but it it's nothing like pstn right so you've got data centers in different locations where you can then make those uh, ip calls this is calling over the internet it's internet protocol right so you're calling over the internet essentially and you're not using any uh, local providers that will charge you those psdn costs um and that's where we've come to at the moment uh, essentially interesting renat right okay so um it's going back to video conferencing is what we're using right now and obviously because of the pandemic the the use of video conferencing has has uh, skyrocketed now um what i don't understand is you know there are various um uh, video conferencing or sort of video calling services available for free like for example in facebook messenger you could have like group calls for free for a long time and um, but then there are paid i mean obviously they these companies have to have, have to make money some way but you know there are companies like zoom and uh, you know various other video conferencing company i think the 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 one you work for uh, blue jeans by verizon um obviously there there are they have paid subscription model so i mean why do people go to the paid subscription when there are already free free services available like google meet or facebook i know it, it may not be much professional but the service is available so what what is the big difference there yeah that's a good question and that's a question that a lot of the customers that i deal with on a daily basis ask first of all now you have to think of where the uc has you know the technology has come to today over the years it's not just about you know meeting and hearing each other on voice and video it's it's changed you know we're introducing so many other features now yes you'll get free subscriptions but you have to understand the limitations now for a basic user who's going to be maybe just using it a few times from home for a quick call here and there they won't understand the difference and that's why we also need to you know teach them the adoption because they don't understand the number of features that can actually be used um for their day-to-day meetings it's yeah it's very easy to have uh, audio and video in a call however think about you know the other features involved like transcription you know you've got all of the recordings cloud recordings for example um but in a professional scenario when you're paying for a professional license you get another uh, a number of ta- uh, of features like you've got the tools analytics tools like dashboards for example where you can see reports you can see your historical calls you know how many minutes you've been uh, using the tool for um what kind of attentiveness the other person had it's it's grown so much as a platform and i think users need to be trained on this because you're very right in saying yeah we can you know hear and see each other and we're calling each other we have group calls but do you have the other features um like transcription like you know uh, automatic subtitles live translation uh, in different languages uh, cloud recordings you know you've got local recordings but with the cloud recordings you have a, a, a various amount of storage 
um, you can do so much with that because there are tools that also have, for example, AI integrated, where it's not just about having a meeting, you want to make sure that that meeting is efficient. Now, how will you make the meeting efficient? If it's a two hour long meeting that someone can't attend, um, they're very unlikely to look at a two hour long recording as well um, because they're busy or for any other reason. But there might be key elements within that meeting that they need to understand. For example, if I'm in sales, you know, I might need to understand uh, you know, bits about the sales, the revenue, um, value propositions, etc. Um, so now we've got AI introduced into those tools where you can search for keywords or, you know, you can pinpoint with your colleagues key highlights that they would like to look at afterwards. And then that two hour long recording becomes, you know, 30 minutes, for example, with those five minute uh, key highlights. Um, and then you can also assign uh, different action items to different people. I mean, there's so much more involved. Um, but also with the um, the basic licenses, the free licenses, you don't get those PSTN dial-in options, for example. If someone wants to join over the telephone because they're not wanting to use voice over IP for some reason, um, or, or, or whatever reason that might be, you know, those don't come within the free licenses, uh, etc. You just get the basic video, audio, uh, and local recordings in, in different platforms. This is right, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is uh, I mean amazing. I mean I I I see all these options, but you're right. It's all about uh, going premium because uh, we we are now recording this over Zoom, and if you don't pay premium, then we can't record three people together. So I think I I see those value adds like okay, you cannot have a lot of people. Uh, for a long duration you can have them maybe for 30 minutes and I think live captioning is very important and one thing that struck me is that you have a two-hour recording and it just shrinks it uh, shrinks it to 30 minutes I think that is crazy because uh, we we sometimes struggle uh, when we are editing our videos and it would be so easy <laughs> if we can just shrink the video like that <laughs> because yeah you're right no one wants to watch a two-hour recording and I think that's a very powerful feature but outside the um, enterprise uh, market how many people are actually aware of these features because uh, you don't see these features on google meet or teams until unless you have an enterprise license so is, is there is there a room for these services being available to the public or they will always um, be uh, uh, yeah that is that is actually interesting i mean i i haven't seen this this feature on zoom um what you know about uh, this this um, you know shrinking down the meetings what yeah, uh, no, good question. So essentially, obviously, with an enterprise license, uh, the entire point is we're trying to cater to organizations that are going to use the licenses on a professional basis for their day to day meetings. They want to make sure it doesn't cut down. Um, they want to make sure they can use the transcription features. The transcription features are very popular, especially because you can search for keywords. Um, that people are talking about if you want to look at that recording afterwards. Um, and, and as Amit mentioned, you know, absolutely, I understand that, you know, you're not going to look at a two-hour recording. So these features are not visible to users who are using the basic licenses because you get it for free, of course. Um, it's easy, you know. Obviously, during the pandemic, uh, people have kind of, you know, been in a panic mode. Um, and they've just adopted whatever they could find for free or, you know, Microsoft Teams, which is 
free within the um, Office 365 subscription, uh, etc. But they haven't planned this, you know, the, the strategy behind this, looking at all of these other features. Um, it's very important now you see becoming more and more, uh, you know, predominant within organizations. You'll have a lot more um, sort of, you know, groups within LinkedIn. Um, but I think it's more about adoption. So when you're telling the customers about the services, you know, the different players, the big players that we have with Teams, Zoom, Google Hangouts, uh, BlueJeans by Verizon, all of these major players are introducing these features and they're trying to catch up with each other. Um, but I think it's more about the customer adoption. So when we're speaking to the customers, we need to explain to them. And so we need to make sure that they're making use of all the features, but understanding those features, because, you know, you're looking at the platform, you know how to mute your microphone, stop your camera, um, you know how to hand over controls to your colleagues, you know how to record locally, et cetera, et cetera, share your screen. But what about the other features that you have, maybe on a web interface, maybe on the web portal? Um, you've got so many other features that you could make use of. Um, and, you know, like breakout rooms, for example, these features are, you know, really useful, especially for the education sector where, you know, you, or, you know, even the legal sector um, with, you know, criminals and a lawyer. I had a use case the other day where there was a, a lawyer wanting to speak to um, the defendant and they had to speak in private. So they had to break that meeting up into different groups. Um, and, and you need that security, you need that privacy. And, and these are the use cases that you get within an enterprise license that you need to train people about. Right, so this is interesting. I mean, you know, some of the features you mentioned, so not all the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, not all the features are available from all the providers. So, so Zoom have some unique features, whereas I'm guessing BlueJeans has some, some unique features that Zoom doesn't, and you know, none of the other people, none of the other providers do. So there is definitely a need for training on each of the individual things to know and understand what are the unique features you're getting with whichever providers you're using. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, no, that's uh, that I, I didn't hadn't thought about that before. I thought you know everyone usually gets the most popular uh, you know popular features and uh, you know you kind of can you know do some things with your background and that is available everywhere and that kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it has become more of a collaborative uh, tool rather than just video communication. I mean, you know, nowadays, you know, a lot of professional collaboration happens. I mean, I think, you know, you could probably, you know, share uh, documents. And um, I think I've heard something like a, like a, like a um, multi-user whiteboard kind of thing. Where Teams. Can... Yeah, Teams has that feature. So Teams actually is quite uh, well integrated. Uh, with the Microsoft platform and Teams is like, I, th I think uh, Google Meets is trying to now replicate Teams. Teams is catching up with Zoom and Meet is trying to catch up with Teams. I don't know where about BlueJeans. I have not used BlueJeans a lot, but I think they are all trying to uh, like provide almost similar features. 
at a different price point i think live captioning transcribing i think that is really useful uh, breakout rooms i think that was really good example i never thought about it uh, i've used breakout rooms but yeah it's it's such a important use case especially in a digital world where you can't meet mm-hmm. someone in um, in person but uh, i mean we we are only talking about um, video conferencing here and uh, the way to communicate over video um and then the different uh, features around video but what about email i mean you talked about unified communications as email chat uh, video audio so the video and audio part i can get but then how is email linked to it and how is maybe a chat linked to it yeah no absolutely so that's a good question because more and more all of these organizations are trying to make the user experience really seamless like really simple that's what it's all about it's not you know no one wants to use a video conferencing or audio conferencing or uc tool um if it's complicated if there's too many things to to work on and to configure etc so now when i'm talking about email what i mean is you know whether it's google calendar or whether it's you know outlook office 365 exchange what we have are add-ins right so zoom has an add-in blue jeans has an add-in google hangouts has an add-in for example teams etc so from a user perspective we always want to make sure that it can align with their original workflow so for example you know i don't want to be trained on how to create a teams meeting or a zoom meeting or a blue jeans meeting all i want to do is create an outlook appointment invite my attendees as i would standardly in a standard way rather um and then i want to instead of inviting a room so instead of going physically into a room i want to make it a virtual room via these different tools so one click of a button and then i'm making it um a, a, you know a blue jeans meeting for example and then i'm inviting my attendees so it's it's not additional hassle it's all all there is from a user perspective is they're just clicking one button to make it a virtual meeting and then that's how email is um you know integrated into the workflow because then they they just with one button the user who is joining the meeting will click on the join link and then with that url automatically they'll join that meeting so that's how we go from you know scheduling a meeting via outlook or Google Calendar and then up until joining that meeting and then using the various tools like you know as you said sharing screen annotation etc right because i think the objective is to be um unseen so i mean if you need to notice what tool you're using then that's a problem i mean it should be so seamless that you don't even notice that you're using a tool you're just having the conversation that you're there to have rather than having to set up the tool whatever it is that you that you're using i suppose that's that's the overall objective i haven't thought about it this way so how far would you say we are from um, the avengers type virtual reality holographic meetings that we saw in the last avengers movie cuz they they have like you know they just stand on something and they like four, four or five people just start you know holographically start standing in front of the Yeah that that would be cool how far away are we from that Oh okay that's that's a good question but it's also you know uh, how far we are from that is is not something i can comment on but i will say there are really exciting things coming up on the road map for these 
organizations because more and more we're looking at AI. And as I mentioned before, it's not just about joining a meeting and attending that meeting. It's now more about how we, you know, portray people's interaction, how we capture those sort of, you know, um, attendance, uh, sorry, attentiveness, um, et cetera, et cetera. And these things, whether they've got something else on their screen rather than looking at the meeting, et cetera, these things are coming, well, have already come. Um, but we're introducing more features like the avatar. So we call it the, the avatar where, you know, where people are uncomfortable or shy or for some privacy reasons, they don't want to enable their video. We can have an avatar uh, of their choice portrayed on the screen. So essentially what we're doing is we're replicating their uh, interaction, their enthusiasm, all of their reactions uh, really. So, you know, if someone is in a meeting, and they've got their camera turned off, that's absolutely fine because the avatar will you know, sh sh show you how enthusiastic they are, how attentive they are to the meeting. So you know, if Renat is not paying attention, for example, or he's getting bored, you know, we, can, we, we can identify that even though he's not on camera. And, and this is what AI is introducing. So we've got really exciting stuff coming up within all of, all of these UC platforms. Um, and, and I think the avatar is a, is a really good one because when we look at, when we talk about augmented reality, we think about, you know, replicating a scenario where we're at a conferencing table, you know, just as you mentioned with the Avengers, you know, we're at a table, we're together, um, but our avatars are kind of there. So even if our video or camera is turned off, um, that's not a problem because we're going to have our avatars, you know, portray our reactions and but this is this is very interesting i'm sorry i mean i, I was just going to say that um, i mean i always try to think about how to integrate different technologies into what, with one another to to sort of improve it improve the overall experience and one of the things i can think of they need the, the that comes immediately is adding virtual reality with video conferencing so you you wear a vr headset and you're you know, and you know, you can see everyone in a conference room. So that's that's one way of uh, sort of uh, improving this this whole UC experience. The other thing I just thought about, which is a little bit concerning, because I think I have seen a um, seen a talk or uh, read an article where um, it was possible to get the sort of the, the basic human bio biometrics from just looking at the live video. For example, our our skin color changes ever so slightly uh, with the with every heartbeat uh, when the blood flow comes and goes. So every second, it's it's changing. So from that, I've seen there was a tool where from live video you could kind of um, obviously computers can detect it that that ever so slight change in 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 the blood flow, and based on that you can see the heart rate and um, you know. It, and it could be used for um, sort of uh, malicious purposes in a way. Like, you know, for example, if someone is nervous, you have that information, you could, I don't know how you can use that. And then, you know, you're, uh, by tracking your eye movement as well, you could, you, could do, you could sort of figure out many things, what they're doing. And sometimes you have reflection of the monitor in your eye, which in a, in a very high quality video, you could actually get some details of, the person's computer screen, which are all some sort of privacy concern. I mean, for example, if, if you're 
using the heart rate to sort of identify, um, you know, using it as a, like a lie detector machine. But it's not really ethical to, to use this information in this way without the permission of, of the person being used. So I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because uh, these are quite ethical questions, ethical dilemmas. Yeah, they are ethical dilemmas, but you have to understand that, you know, with every technology, um, there's, an, there's a benefit and there's a disadvantage. Now, you know, the more you advance technology and different tools, you will have security issues and privacy concerns, you know, which is why we encrypt meetings, um, you know, with, with different encryption methods. We make them secure. We lock them down to, you know, only users that are supposed to be in that meeting. You know, if we're in a meeting, all three of us, I mean, I doubt that we're going to be doing any of those um, things just because we've all been invited and we'll, we'll kind of be able to track that. And that's why these reports that come within an enterprise tool are very, very important because you look at those reports afterwards and you can see, you know, what's being, uh, what's being observed, who's doing what, you know. You can do Wireshark traces, um, you know, to capture these different uh, elements of concern. Um, but with every, as I mentioned, with every tool, with every technology advancement and enhancement, you're going to have, you know, advantages and disadvantages. But they, they can all be uh, looked into, investigated via these, you know, extra tools that we have to look at reporting, look at traces, etc. So, I, I mean, the, these are all the features, I mean, really good, but for most of the users, they just care about how much my internet bandwidth will be consumed. Uh, if I start using video conferencing, everyone is mostly on a data plan now. Uh, some some people are on a limited data plan. So, our, our companies, I mean, you work for Blue Jeans, but then there are Zoom, Teams, and um, uh, I mean, Google Meet um, and uh, other uh, organizations, are they actually thinking about how to save the bandwidth for a consumer, a beat enterprise or a normal uh, consumer and um, save bandwidth for them? Because video conferencing can be quite bandwidth intensive and when you're recording and suppose you have a virtual background then it starts mm. consuming a lot of bandwidth so are organizations doing something to maybe uh, compress the videos or have high quality compression or things like that i'm not sure i mean are our organization doing something about this bandwidth problem because everyone is suddenly on the internet now and everyone is now on a video call either either through the enterprise applications or on whatsapp or facebook or or something else yeah no absolutely and that's a good question so different organizations will have different responses to to this problem um so for example with with the bandwidth and audio and video compression, we have companies that are using standard audio codecs like you know, G711, G722.1, et cetera. And for, for video codecs, you know, we're using H264, H265+, uh, SVC, et cetera, et cetera. But then you also have companies that are using their own proprietary protocols to deal with these requirements. And they're building that into the application. For example, you're, you know, we can use audio vendors who will deal with the backend audio, for example, Dolby, um, and then they will have like spatial and wideband audio, but they'll also be compressing uh, the bandwidth and making sure that that um, 
aligns with the user's requirements. So whatever they're coming in with, um, we have, for example, uh, an application that I work with. If you're on the phone, if you're on a mobile device, you have a low bandwidth mode. So what you can do is if you're having quality issues, you can switch to low bandwidth mode and that will align with the, the requirements that you have just to be on audio. You don't need to have video, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, there's a lot of um, background, uh, sorry, backend enhancements that are being done, um, especially with the various applications that we mentioned, um, Zoom, BlueJeans, uh, Teams, Google, uh, et cetera. So uh, that's being done, but also, on that note, for example, there are events, um, you know, communication, you see also includes the events platform. So like webinars, you know, we have uh, webinars to cater for, you know, town hall meetings or all hands, which we couldn't, you know, be there for physically anymore. Virtual trade events where everyone's joining from a similar location. How are we going to cope with that? So yeah, for example, the company that I'm working for, you know, we have peer-to-peer -peer streaming where if two users are coming from this similar location, we're going to be sharing their bandwidth. Um, and then also we've got, you know, different applications that are just like, you know, installed within the data centers. So if there's a lot of traffic coming from say London, um, we'll be installing something that will handle the, the RTP media stream to come out from that one application rather than, you know, 5,000 people um, joining. So it's, it's just one stream that's coming out. And this is how different people are handling, you know, various large events where there's 50,000 attendees, et cetera. Right, okay. I mean, this is very interesting. And also you mentioned, um, you know, a, a unique feature from, from, from Blue Jeans as well. So yes, um, yeah, I've heard about there are, you know, Zoom and Google Meet and, uh, you know, various other um, sort of UC platforms. I've, I've kind of heard about them from, you know, like word of mouth or whatever. But Blue Jeans, I haven't actually heard about. And also, you know, um, uh, about you, I mean, obviously your journey into, into, you see, I mean, obviously you've mentioned you've mentioned um, some of it from from beginning. You know how it what, how it used to be, but yeah, tell us a bit about uh, um, you know the company that you work for, Blue Jeans, and we we haven't we, we don't know about that. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Blue Jeans is actually one of providers, one of the older providers for a virtual meeting room. So what I mean by that is. You can have various people come in from various locations, no matter what they're using. So they could be using a, a standard-based endpoint, you know, what I mentioned with the, the IP and SIP-based systems, conferencing rooms, but also just having that uh, vendor-agnostic ability, right, to, to join from any web browser. Uh, so no matter wh where you are, you, you can join with your phone, your, your tablet, um, your desktop, your laptop, video conferencing room, but that was what we were catering for. And as we grew along, um, we, we partnered with Microsoft. So we're not in competition with Microsoft, we're in partnership with them. So what we do is we provide that interoperability between a Teams meeting and these, you know, SIP-based or HC2C-based endpoints. So there's only one of four vendors that does that. Um, and and it's just a gateway, essentially, uh, in its simplest form. It's a gateway to allow that interoperability. 
so, you know, we've been advancing according to the needs and requirements and how technology has been evolving. Um, we're catering for that, essentially. Um, and that's why, you know, we provide the interrupt, but we don't provide, say, for example, the chat message, the IM messaging that I was telling you about. You know, there are other companies that do that. They'll have it all integrated with phone. You can make a phone call, a video call, and uh, chat with each other as well. Um, we don't do that, but we do have really good APIs to integrate with other tools like Slack, for example. If we want to create a, a message or a, a, a sorry, a, a Blue Jeans meeting from Slack, we can do that. We can also create a Teams meeting uh, to join into a Blue Jeans meeting, et cetera, et cetera. But you'll notice that different providers provide different um, solutions. So we provide that gateway solution, as I mentioned, so that we can, you know, complement the team's offering, if you will. Um, but then also we've got other vendors that will have, you know, room systems. So, for example, Zoom rooms, they, they you know, provide the room solution where you can go into the, the conferencing room and with one touch join a meeting. We also have that solution in BlueJeans um, with a one touch to join feature. Uh, but you have to understand that different platforms will provide different things. There's MTRs, which are Microsoft Teams rooms as well, to join you know, from the Microsoft Teams room to a Teams meeting. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll notice that even Microsoft doesn't provide that interrupt. They've relied on different partners, like for example, BlueJeans, Fiverrizon, to, to help out with that um, because they wanted to focus on their MTR meeting rooms. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a very cool solution because where uh, what I mentioned with the key highlight features and the transcription and the searching for keywords, um, you know, shrinking a meeting into half an hour from two hours, that's something that we do provide and it's called smart meetings um, because we're looking at efficiency, making the meeting efficient. You know, it's not about just having meeting after meeting, you know, discussing a meeting after a meeting. I mean, we're wasting a lot of time there, right? The, the whole point is we have other jobs to do. It's not just about being in a meeting, um, you know, back to back. So it's about making any single meeting really efficient, you know, assigning tasks afterwards to different, um, to different people, to different action items, etc. So I, I, I have a question here, uh, Sabrina. Um, all these apps, different features, is there some kind of standardization in the industry? Uh, or is the industry looking at standardizing certain things like, okay, these are the standard features, they, they are the, over the standard protocols? Because you mentioned about interoperability. So I think that's quite important and it's quite powerful because if I'm, I'm using Google and I want to now have a chat with someone on Teams, I should be able to use just that app, but make a Teams call. I don't know, is there a... Is there something like that where you can make, uh, you can use Google Meet to have a Teams call, like you mentioned, Teams having blue jeans or blue jeans having Teams call. So, is the industry working towards standardization? Because I see that there are so many platforms now providing almost the same service. So it's it's getting very competitive. So, uh, is there uh, an approach by these big organizations towards standardization? So I'm going to say no to that just from my own experience, because with competition 
And with, you know, say, for example, each of these different providers having their own proprietary protocol, they don't want to be able to interoperate with everyone, which is why I mentioned the, the teams and the, the blue jeans interop uh, or the teams and interop between standard based conferencing rooms. This is only done by four providers globally, and, and this is worldwide. So there's a reason for that, right? Because say, for example, Zoom, I mean, what they're trying to do is have an entire UC as a service platform. They want that, in, you know, the phone, uh, they've got the Zoom phone, they've got the rooms, they've got the, the IM and presence to see if someone's online and, and call them directly. So they're providing a different solution. But if everyone competes to the, to the same solution, it, it's not going to work. I mean, as we know, especially in 2020, you know, Zoom sort of became a synonym for video conferencing. You know, Microsoft Teams has also uh, accelerated with their use just because, as I mentioned before, people were panicked and they just wanted to use what they had in their existing subscription. So they hadn't planned using different tools or didn't want to look that way. But now, this year, I've been seeing more and more uh, people are looking at, you know, what they can use, what are the different features they can have. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that standardization will occur just because we not everyone wants to interoperate with, with each other and it's a bit complicated because of their own protocols. Um, but we do have gateways in place. For example, the reason BlueJean partnered with Microsoft is that you know, Microsoft Teams, we saw their accelerated growth and we wanted to be a part of that. Um, so we've obviously done that. You know, more and more of the customers are coming to, to implement that uh, interrupt, especially because now we're working toward a hybrid workforce, right? This is where the future is going. There'll be people working from home and there'll be people in the office. So how do we join, you know, a physical meeting, uh, say an all hands meeting in the office, uh, in a conferencing room uh, with workers joining from home? The only way to do that is with that interoperability. So we're kind of embracing that hybrid um, environment. And yeah, that's, that's, on the roadmap and uh, well that's already in place but on the roadmap there's lots of exciting features to come with you know one touch to join and so on right okay i mean of course yeah you're right i mean all of these providers have to have some sort of usp that is only unique to themselves and they can use that to sort of attract their customers and who, who, who you know whoever thinks that unique um usp is is um you know valuable uh, enough and then they can join uh, they can they can sort of subscribe to that platform and it's actually quite um quite quite eye-opening to know the usps that you mentioned uh, smart meetings is it and that's only available in blue jeans and then um some sort of bandwidth controlling system as well and you know they, these things are actually quite good mm -hmm. to know i mean um you know the, knowing knowing um the unique features of 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 the provider is, is, is um, you know, you don't get that information very, very often, very easily. Um, I have, I mean... Just to, um, just, to, just to add to your point, sorry to interrupt. So recently, uh, Verizon acquired BlueJeans and that gives us the ability to, you know, innovate so much more and, and so much quickly because they've made a huge investment in, in, the, UC, uh, in the UC space. So they're looking at, you know, after the pandemic, they're looking at how we can introduce more of AI into, into the platform. Um, but with, with that acquisition, as we're aware, Verizon has a, is a network provider. 
So we're not only delivering um, a tool, a platform, or an application, we can also deliver that end-to-end -end connectivity. So, you know, customers that are already with Verizon, you know, they can have a direct connect with our MPLS network. So that gives that, you know, that will improve the quality, improve security um, in, in so many ways. And I think that, uh, yeah, they're, they're really exciting things to come uh, with those connectivity, um, the connectivity with Verizon. Um, but also there are other really exciting features coming along like, you know, it's, I, obviously I mentioned the transcription smart meetings, but you know, with the sort of emojis, et cetera, I know it seems like a, a minor thing, but sometimes, you know, if you don't want to interrupt, but you want to make a comment or just applaud someone or congratulate someone, you know, these, these are, the, these are quite relevant things. Um, but we also have introduction to, you know, who's in which time zone. So we're following a system of geo-routing where the user that is dialing in to a meeting will be connected to the closest data center to them. And, you know, we have data centers um, in, in, in all the continents. So we've got APAC, uh, East Coast and U uh, West Coast of the US, EMEA, et cetera. Um, but also we have, you know, points of presence now as a SaaS provider in AWS um, with the gateway solution, we've got it in Azure, you know, and, and video conferencing, not only video conferencing, but the, the whole UC platforms and tools have come such a long way because before, you know, when I started, it was all on-premise. So you weren't able to develop features or all of these exciting, you know, new um, ideas very quickly. Now with the SaaS-based solution that everyone, all the major vendors supplying, we're able to develop very quickly and, you know, adapt to the accelerating requirements. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of, lot of cool features. We can uh, identify people's local time zones um, uh, and, and so on. So one of the things I, sorry, um, one of the things I, I wondered as soon as I had the name Blue Jeans, and it is an interesting name. What, what is the story behind the name? Do you know, or um, I mean, obviously I know. <laughs> to, to be honest, no. Um, I, I did hear it one day, uh, and I think it was literally uh, something like, okay, so, and, you know, don't quote me, but um, I did hear that the founders of Blue Jeans wanted to make it something that's just every day, you know, everyone has a blue pair of jeans. So, you know, it's kind of, they wanted to make a tool that would be, you know, sort of, uh, you know, highlighting that. So it's just basically like a, a user-friendly, you know, adaptable, it's something that we all use on a daily basis kind of thing. That's how uh, the name came to be. But um, that's, that's just what I've heard about the founders. All right. Okay. That is interesting. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, it's, um, it's probably from word of mouth, but yeah, I mean, it is a, it's still an interesting, uh, interesting, you know, story. Sorry, Amit, you were going to say something. I actually forgot. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a I had a good insight uh, while you were talking about the features, and then I suddenly 
forgot about it but um, uh, i mean uh, moving on i mean uh, we talked about the features itself and then we talked about uh, the bandwidth problem and then we talked about standardization uh, what about security i mean of course all the platforms are thinking about security but can you talk a bit more about how what what do these platforms do in order to like enable and um, i think uh, one other question i uh, was thinking about is uh, platforms so everyone keeps using either windows or uh, os x what about linux and unix support uh, are the are these enterprise solutions uh, available on these platforms as well uh, because some some people don't want to use windows they just want to use a linux machine so yeah yeah absolutely and that's a good question as well so the answer is yes and no because there are you know there's organizations that will initially start developing the platform on windows because that's you know that was most common um but now there are organizations that are starting to work equally with mac os and um the windows platform as well but with linux um for example what i've noticed with these cloud uh, saas providers is that they do develop the features on linux because as you said yeah users will want to use linux and i've seen that more and more uh, more recently but then the features will be a bit behind so you know they'll develop product management will develop windows and and mac os x first and then they'll develop linux uh, and unix operating systems so there there is a bit of a um uh, there's a bit of um a gap between the the platforms but yes they are so uh, some organizations are developing it more quickly and some some are further behind and then what about the security aspect like uh... yeah so the second part to your question so there's two aspects uh two sides to this right there's privacy and there's security now that's again what's required with an organization you know in an enterprise solution yes with a basic user you're not really that bothered with security encryption etc but with um say for example an enterprise organization yes we have to cater for that um and you know organizations are doing that we from the privacy perspective you'll see meetings have various options like you can lock down the meetings you can you know remove users etc um you can enable features like waiting room the waiting room is a feature where if you join um as a host only i can allow you in the meeting so if i see that you know amit has joined um i don't know who amit is he was invited to the meeting somehow he must have obtained the the url you know maybe someone forwarded the invite to him but i won't allow you in the meeting so there are these various features that are being developed and are developed um in in the platforms um but also you can lock down a meeting you can enable a password additional passwords etc and this obviously helps with situations like you know we've heard in the news where you know there was a, a government um uh, board meeting and one user from a, a location just joined because they somehow got the the meeting url um and they were hearing really confidential you know information it it really unsecure um really not a professional solution because if any user can just join from anywhere and and hear all of this information you know what is this information that you know it's not supposed to be published uh, until a certain date and time this is like detrimental to um 
a country, you know, um, but also with legal scenarios, if there's, you know, a, a, con a conversation between a, a criminal, a defendant and the lawyer, and someone just has the URL and they joined it or just guesses, you know, a meeting ID and joins it, that, that's not ideal because they'll hear a, a lot of information that shouldn't be published. And they could just come in, you know, with their video off. Um, if there's no, you know, like meeting tones that um, has been enabled from the host perspective, they won't even know because they're very deep in conversation. Um, so that's really, really dangerous. Um, and that's why we need a secure platform that covers that privacy side, security side. Uh, but also with the privacy, I will mention, um, now that more and more people are working from home, um, it's become important to have the virtual backgrounds, right? Because, you know, to, to maintain that work-life balance, I might have things going on behind me, uh, maybe a whiteboard that I have, you know, really confidential ideas uh, published, or or even from a personal perspective, you know, kids running around, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the virtual background has become a very popular feature within the UC tools. You know, it might just be a beach with, um, you know, a relaxing beach, or it could be a more professional company logo, you know, but no one will then see what's happening. You know, I might have the, the washing uh, drying behind me, et cetera. And, and that's not really professional. We used to work in the office before. Virtual backgrounds weren't really important. Uh, now they are becoming well, crucial, not just, um, not just a luxury anymore. Um, so for privacy purposes, that matters uh, for any other reason if people don't want to enable their cameras and show their background. But from security perspective, yes. So it has to be an enterprise grade solution, right? That has encryption enabled. Now with encryption, uh, it's always impossible to have, well, not, I won't say impossible, but difficult to have end-to-end -end encryption in multi-point meetings. You know, WhatsApp point-to-point uh, -point calls are end-to-end -end encrypted. Facebook. Uh, messengers and trend encrypted. But when you have a multi-point call um, using a bridge, a cloud-based bridge, it's not easy to enable end-to-end -end encryption. The encryption, for example, can be enabled between the client and the server, so wherever you're joining from, but then that will be decrypted, et cetera, um, and, and, and then encrypted again. So, yeah, there's, but you, know, you need to have at least a level of encryption with data at rest, and data in transit, uh, you know, over you know, TLS 1.2 is what we provide and most of the vendors provide um, for data in transit. But you've got either AES 128-bit encryption or 256-bit encryption, depending on whether it's at rest or in transit. So that's really important to have, um, even though it's not end-to-end -end encrypted. Uh, but we do allow, you know, say, for example, conferencing rooms are more... Um, it's riskier to have those connections because there could be ghosts or spam calls um, that people are just making. Um, hackers can easily dial into meetings. Um, so for, for those, we do allow, and other organizations also allow, only encrypted endpoints to join. So if it's not encrypted, then they won't be able to join and so on. That's uh, that's a lot of uh, valuable information. I think uh, 
we we never think about this i mean we are just using the tools and we never think about the technology or the protocols that are used to actually make it so seamless I and mean, we just click a button join a zoom call we don't even think i mean yeah i i use virtual backgrounds and i actually never thought about okay it's actually yeah you're right it hides the background so it's important for a lot of people uh, especially where you have pets you have kids you have you have your laundry drying so yeah it's 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 a, it's a very important uh, factor and uh, quite uh, useful so um, i mean we we talked about all these things so suppose a person like me wants to now be a uc expert how do i i start this journey how do i become a uc expert i mean of course you it took you so many years and uh, when you started the industry was quite different and now the industry has quite evolved it's more cloud based solutions um etc mm-hmm. but so starting now what what do you what skill sets uh, do you think a person needs to join an organization or uc as a as a industry okay so that's actually a, a very tough one because uc as i mentioned before is such a vast area right there's network there's architecture yes. security and telephony video you know i am in presence there's so many various aspects so i mean it, first of all it might depend on maybe someone wants to specialize in cloud based solutions so they would start with you know aws uh, or azure foundation courses to see how architecture would work uh, you know setting up points of presence in various locations um but then if someone wants to work directly in you know say video audio conferencing or you know companies like zoom or blue jeans by verizon etc they would go for specific uh telepresence courses or there are many many courses and what I'll do after is I'll I'll you know send you some links um that will be valuable but I think that there's no such one course that will cover everything I mean you know I've done CCNA for example and that based only on the network side of things you know the layers um but then now I've developed into looking at the platform as a whole developing the product you know i'm a pre-sales engineer and i used to work in support from just to, to customer success to network administrator and now i'm in pre-sales so you know there there's various aspects to this um but yeah i can share some valuable links afterwards okay and and uh, while thinking about all this thing i was thinking about okay what about uh, space communications so there are astronauts now in in the international space station and soon uh, people will be uh, starting to travel Uh, to outer space so our company is thinking about how to how do you do video conferencing um over i mean if a person is here on the planet earth and someone is outside in space i mean what does actually nasa use for video conferencing when they are actually talking to astronauts yeah so uh, <laughs> so nasa uses you know various platforms um but uh, n- not to mention too much not to dig too much uh, deep into that but there are communications over satellite and uh, that especially now uh, that cut, uh, the organizations are sort of uh, digging uh, sorry digging deeper into uh, looking into but also uh, just because you mentioned um, the space we're also like you know doing a lot in telehealth and um, education sectors for example you know previously i mentioned breakout rooms where children can go into different groups and then rejoin into a specific room and so on these are very cool features to have 
but also in telehealth, there's a lot going on. Um, and I think uh, I think it was 81% of, you know, there was a research where, um, a survey where 81% of health organizations have said how they're investing so much over the next two to three years within telehealth sector, just because, you know, we're going to make healthcare not only, it won't be called a virtual uh, visit or remote visit anymore, it's just going to be a visit. You know, that's how we're trying to do it so that a user can simplify their experience, book an appointment via APIs, of course, you know, they'll book an appointment, set, schedule that with an expert, a healthcare expert, a doctor, um, and then dive into that meeting directly without having to you know, do various bits, open various tools. It's just one click after another. Um, and that's, that's in various organizations. Um, you know, telehealth is becoming very popular. There's a lot of investment going on, uh, but also a lot of money to be saved there as well. I think they're trying to make that really efficient uh, for the user, for the patient. Um, yeah, I think uh, telehealth is already being used by companies like Vitality and Babylon Health in the UK where you can actually phone your GP. I'm not sure if that is the same thing, but you can schedule mm -hmm. a call with a GP and then you can quickly uh, talk to your GP. And I think that's quite seamless now. And I think it's quite uh, useful. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. Th those are those are I I think uh, really important features. And uh, you you mentioned about um, in the beginning, um, uh, Renat mentioned about virtual reality and the VR glasses. So can we actually install blue jeans on a VR glass? Like the can we find it on the Oculus uh, store and then install it and maybe join uh, from there? That that doesn't exist yet, but we do have plans uh, for that. You know, okay. I mentioned the augmented reality and, and there's a lot of development in AI. One thing I will mention is, you know, in 2019, um, there was a research that said there was only about the 8 million US dollars that was invested in AI on UC platforms. But now what we're predicting within the UC uh, industry is by 2026, there's going to be about $1.2 billion uh, US dollars for AI and that, you know, includes the avatars that I mentioned, the augmented reality. Um, yeah, we talked about virtual backgrounds, but also um, we're also introducing, we're trying to, and it's not as mature yet, but we're trying to develop a situation where we can attend a meeting without being in the meeting. So what I mean by that is essentially, you know, maybe I'm on annual leave tomorrow, um, but there's a very important meeting where I want to, you know, have some contribution, I have some important things to say or hear. Um, and then what I can do is send a virtual assistant to that meeting um, to then, you know, listen to the keywords, to um, co contribute what I have, all of my ideas. And then I can, you know, I, I can be a part of that meeting without having even been there. Um, and, and this is really cool. And this is something that, that is coming. We're looking at that, but it's, it's not there just yet. This is really cool. Oh, that is that is really amazing. I didn't. I mean, obviously, you know, the word AI and machine learning gets thrown around a lot. But um, yeah, when you mentioned AI, you know, in 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 video conferencing or in UC, I was I wasn't sure how it's it's. But wow, that is that is really cutting edge. That is, that is um, game changer. I mean, everyone <laughs> will use that. Then everyone will have their assistants. It's like their own personal <laughs> assistant. Go attend meetings. <laughs> Wow. Absolutely. And the aim is to, you know, as I mentioned, the aim is to make the 
the individual meetings more efficient rather than have additional meetings. So, you know, you want to reduce the number of meetings and make the individual meetings more efficient. And that's where I think it, it, we're going with, you know, UC and that's the future. Um, it's not about just the communication. It's about, you know, everything related to AI, you know, looking at people's reactions and trying to assess so that we can use those for, you know, for our communication um, to make it as real and lifelike as possible. Great. I mean, you know, this has been like a really thorough and, um, you know, quite informative conversation. I mean, um, a lot of things I've learned I didn't know before, and um, I'm sure our audience would also really um, be, you know, really, it, it would be eye-opening for them to know all of this information as well. Um, is there anything... Um, any, anything else that we've kind of missed out on, on like important questions about you? I, I know you see it's such a vast space. I mean, we've kind of, um, you know, uh, loitered around the video conferencing more because that's that's the it thing right now. But you see so much more as, as you mentioned. But is, is there anything that, any like, you know, like a big, like crucial piece of information or question I should have, we should have asked, but, you know, like a, something, some really important thing that, you know, um, you would like to mention or would like to say about UC? Well, all I'm going to say is um, watch the space because there's, you know, a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, because of the pandemic, you know, in 2020, organizations started. It's, it's not just now, you know, a luxury or it's a necessity. You know, every organization is going to use one tool or the other. Um, and in 2020, it was about the major players like, you know, Zoom, Blue Jeans, uh, Microsoft Teams, Google Hangouts. Um, but I think the prediction for, for, you know, the next year is watch out for smaller players as well that are going to have to integrate with, you know, various tools like Slack, uh, Zoom, Blue Jeans, just so that they can implement, you know, AI into those um, into those platforms and and um, you know uh, all of the other integrations via the API. So they're going to publish their APIs more and more. Um, but yeah, there's there's really exciting things to come. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's that for me. And and any open source versions possible? <laughs> there are. I think there are a few open source versions, um, but they're very limited in features. Um, and you know, a, a lot of them are using WebRTC, which is um, which essentially allows them to use any, you know, browser, uh, any supported browser. Um, others are using proprietary protocols, but um, yeah, no open source versions that will have all of these features that you need to make a meeting efficient rather than just, you know, hear and see each other. And um, is is the communication? I mean, I mean, I I know you. We thought of ending this, but I'm just uh, thinking it out loud. I mean, we we talked about communication, but communication could be anything. It's not just about meetings, right? It's about meeting people as well, um, and mm -hmm. uh, it's about uh, going online and uh, like dating. Uh, people mm -hmm. pe people want to date, so. Uh, they have to use some kind of a platform to see each other. So that's one aspect. You mentioned telehealth, then you mentioned education. There is space sector where people are talking to astronauts. So so mm -hmm. there are various applications. Uh, 
what what are the different spaces or sectors actually does the uc uh, cover or does it cover every sector that we can think of so again this depends on the the company so for example um, you know within blue jeans we we provide the meetings platform um, but also an events platform so for to cater for you know more than 50000 attendees we could even stream sorry, stream to facebook live youtube etc um when these become necessary you know yeah there are additional requirements you have to think about bandwidth and how to maintain that as i mentioned before but um there's so many different use cases you mentioned dating you know telehealth education um i mentioned the legal sector where you know people are you know talking to criminals we have hr situations where there's an interview going on you need to keep that restricted um or, you know town hall meetings all hands especially now we used to go to physical all hands meeting um meetings in companies now we're doing that virtually so to cater for that and, and there's so many uh, sort of uh, requirements or use cases um that i can think of that yeah it, it's just endless really but we also there's there's more coming up in you know i think this comes more from a a c level you know a top down uh, communication um for you know employees to say you know join like team lunches you know virtual team lunches so that people can interact uh or we can have sessions that we you know we have like we had a chocolate making truffle making experience a few days ago where all of us got together we had the ingredients and we all you know made chocolate um virtually but then we showed each other what we were making um you know all of these things is just trying to make it more realistic and and lifelike so that we you know we we don't miss out on that you know it's been so long that we haven't you know physically been in the office so we won't need to anymore it's not going to be the same uh, you know we'll, we'll have the hybrid workforce but uh, essentially we need to make sure that you know we can meet our new colleagues for example you know new starters globally um and a lot of hr initiatives are coming um fr- from the top down uh, just to you know implement those you know to make new team members meet together or we can have you know happy hour where everyone's having a drink uh or some dinner together and then we can talk about movies what's your favorite movie you know now we have nothing to do we're watching more and more movies we might want to get advice from each other just just you know a coffee break and so on and you know more and more things are coming um on that on that side okay and and one last question from me um, trust me this is the last question i i keep having these questions fatigue fatigue uh, so a lot of times people talk about zoom fatigue right even zoom ceo had zoom fatigue <laughs> it was in the news so how do you how do you uh, like okay now we are having this conversation so my my focus is on you when you're talking i'm not focusing on renath so he's there on my screen but my focus is on you not on renath so how do you um, solve that problem because i think this is the biggest challenge in uh, video conferencing like uh, i have noticed this when there are 50 people in a conference you you can have conversation but what happens is uh, only few people end up talking to each other the remaining are just spectators yeah so so how is 
how's how's how are companies thinking to solve that problem i know um, microsoft uh, i think satya nadella recently introduced this feature where you're all sitting together in a like a conference room and you have the your faces on put on some bodies and you feel like you are in an amphitheater or something like that they're trying to make it more inclusive so you can have actually have a look at everyone but it's still sometimes very difficult to focus and uh, like like you go to a pub you can't replicate that you go to a meeting you can't just replicate mm-hmm. that instantly right because every every focus is just to the person who's talking like you, you both are now looking at me you're not looking at each other so that's the problem with uh, video conferencing so how companies thinking to solve that problem my last question yeah no that's absolutely fine um, and that's a good question and what i will say that this is called video fatigue right so um, we call it video fatigue and um essentially this is a big problem uh, that you mentioned it's coming on more and more especially during you know lockdown and after the pandemic everyone's working from home they're joining meetings um you know we did a research on this and you know 74% of um organizations or people in organizations have said have rated their meetings to be poor or bad 34% of um meetings have been classified as being useless so you know it's it, but then w- why are we joining meetings why are people joining <laughs> meetings and what we think in that situation i think we'd like to call it fomo fear of missing out so essentially you know i, I i'll join a meeting because you know i there might be some key points that if i'm a, if i'm in sales for example there might be some key points uh, that are being mentioned that are coming up new features etc um new sort of um opportunities that i need to know about and so on so you know i i'll keep the meeting running i'll be joining the meeting but i'll you know it's it's kind of useless but i'll be looking at email doing things on the background um and then suddenly i'll hear a word that will be you know of importance to me so i'll be joining the meeting but you know it it, it the video fatigue again comes into play and i think what we're doing there is it's really important to use ai and to adapt more and more more quickly to ai just because you know we're looking at i mentioned those avatars for example if you don't keep your video on you know i i want to make sure that you know renat is paying attention for example you know and i can look at those facial expressions um but also we get attentiveness scores and and that's what ai is introducing to see someone's attentiveness and then i can say oh Renat, you know, what do you think about what I just mentioned, you know, and, and things like that. So there's a lot of tools, a lot of um new features that are coming up in AI to address the video fatigue um more and more because it uh, as you mentioned it it's you know a big big dilemma right now and you know uh, we're joining meetings so it's about again I can't stress this enough but it's to make the meetings more effective rather than have you know more meetings you know we don't want to like keep having more meetings but we want to make them efficient we want to look at the transcriptions afterwards look at the keywords but then we haven't missed out on anything you know we don't have to keep joining meetings uh just to you know just for the sake of them um uh, and then this is how we can avoid that you know, reduce the number of meetings um uh, you know working from home etc 
Well, this has been really uh, fascinating. I mean, when when Rinath told me about this uh, topic, I was like, okay, what's what unified communications? We understand everything about Zoom, Teams, and other things. But I think talking to you makes 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 me appreciate it much more. I think we never think about these finer aspects of like backgrounds and transcription, transcribing, meeting, just like booking through calendar and just joining with a link with a single click. I think I think those are very important features and you normally don't think about it. So thank you so much for uh, this uh, uh, wonderful insight into this field of unified communication. This this has been really useful uh, and I'm sure our audience has also found this quite uh, fascinating. Uh, because I think uh, people from the general population normally don't hear this term. They just hear the tool. They hear Google Meets, they hear Zoom, but no one hears about unified communication. So thank you so much for coming on our show and then uh, giving us insight to this uh, wonderful world. No, it's been a pleasure and uh, thank you for having me. I'm really glad that it was useful. Great. That is amazing. Yes, uh, it was it was an eye-opening uh, eye episode. And uh, yeah, thanks again for um, explaining UC to us. Uh, to the audience, um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this talk. I mean, uh, this this uh, um, was very informative to, for me and um, as well, I think. Um, there, there are a lot of information that you won't find uh, just by Googling or just, um, you know, on the internet directly. But, um, you know, hopefully this will give you a better understanding on UC and, um, you know, what are the things that are goes on behind the scenes when we're using all of these tools. Um, so, yeah, um, do um, check out all uh, our previous episodes and um, uh, please get back to us if you have any questions. Um, even if you have any questions to our guests, we can reach out to them and, uh, you know, have some sort of interaction. So yeah, please do um, reach out to us if you have any questions or any advice on future topics. Uh, thanks again, Sabrina, for joining us and enlightening us with uh, with all this information. Um, oh, we're going to end the talk here. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>